calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Uh, Wait, people you've dated have said that to you? We like, were like, like I'm dating you, but I'm going to marry a man. Okay. Figuring things out. <laughs> yeah. Gloria, you're a short-term situation for me. I've been in a lot of toxic things. People have okay, said a enough. lot of things to me. <laughs> that is not one of the worst. <laughs> oh, no. I'm diking out. You're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out. Diking out. Diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that is always full of holiday spirit. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Alex Song from the Hats episode. The awesome Hats episode where we played What the Hat, which I wish... Oh, that was a great game. If I had enough hats, we would do it every episode, but unfortunately we can't. I loved seeing your collection. Uh, And today we are Diking Out with comedian Kate Sisk about commitment. Kate performs on Herald Night at the Upright Citizens Brigade with her team At Last and was recently a finalist in the Boston Comedy Festival. She is also the co-founder and touring member of LOLGBT Comedy Tours. Hey, thanks for having me. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to see you here. Good to see you. We run into each other a lot on the comedy scene, but never get a chance to like sit down and yes. really have a conversation. So That's true. I'm looking great. forward to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be horrified of what you learned. I don't know. No. no. Okay. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you you see people in passing, you just make small talk and everyone's like, oh, Carolyn's really nice. And that's like end of opinion of me. It's like nice, <laughs> funny. And then you find out I have all sorts of issues. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes a person interesting. I right? Think. Good. Right. Is the... The bad flaws. stuff underneath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one quick announcement. We do have a huge show happening this month, December 16th. It is the Dyke the Halls, a diking out holiday spectacular at Joe's Pub. So if you haven't already, buy your ticket to that. It's at 9.30 p.m. I know it's late for lesbian time, but uh, I think we'll be okay. There'll be enough entertainment to get you through the night. Am I still planning out what that entertainment is? Sure am, but it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I can't wait to see you all there. So 
because this is December and the holidays are coming up, Alex, one thing I've always wanted to ask you about. Oh, yeah. Is you've met one of the the biggest um, mascots of the holiday season, oh, yeah. Mariah Carey. Yes. Yeah. They, ro- they roll her out once a year. Yes, <laughs> they take her out of storage for the holidays yeah. or Christmas, uh, yeah. as they call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, four years ago, I was um, basically a glorified extra. I think in one of them, I had one line for like this Go ninety series of sketches called Mariah Carey's Holiday Sketchtacular. Oh. That sounds a lot like the name of our Joe's Pub show. I almost had Mariah Carey in the title and I really? took it out. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but for one of the, it was like partnered with Funny or Die. And for one of them, I just sat next to Mariah Carey on a couch for hours uh, as her personal assistant, um, never speaking and just nodding. Yeah. <laughs> um, as she talked. As Yeah. Well, she had lines and so, oh, but she kept trying to, it probably made it into the video. Uh or the whole premise of this one sketch was she was auditioning new songwriters. Oh. Um, and it was written by somebody else. Uh, but she kept, like, shoehorning in, but I write my own songs. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of defeats the purpose of the sketch. But, uh, yeah, it was important that we know that. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, was she, like, pretty much what you expected? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she uh, was nowhere to be found for a while. Sure, Uh, she had a very big entourage. Uh, uh, She she wafted like there was a very expensive perfume smell. Yeah, Um, but she was nice to me. I don't know. I don't want to (laughs) say. Oh yeah, no, no. I've I haven't heard that she's like horrible, but like just you know anybody who's like that big is probably yeah. somewhat a character. She had like her own lighting team and like oh, yeah. a guy just telling her just like for normal conversations. Oh, her uh, lighting yeah. team yeah. comes and yeah, makes yeah, her yeah, look good, normal, and then everyone else is shrouded in darkness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a near miss with Mariah Carey when I was younger. And I was at Disney with my mom and my sister. And uh, for some reason, nobody was on the Tower of Terror, I want to say. And uh, so my sister and I, we went on and then we ran to go on it again while my mom waited at the exit near the gift shop. And the second time she was like, you'll never guess who I just saw. We're like, oh my God. Who? And it was Mariah Carey. Wow. And my mom was like, really trying to to find an angle on it. She was like, yeah, she was just peering down from her sunglasses like she was better than anyone. I'm like, or she was just trying to see oh, indoors. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's really funny. It was when she was dating uh, Derek Jeter. So it was her and Derek Jeter oh, wow. at the, oh, wow. the Tower of Terror. I dated. And yeah. now he's with J-Lo. No. No. no that's that's Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. But I can see the confusion. You know, a couple of Yankees yeah, douchebags. Right? Yeah. 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 The two Yankees <laughs> names I've heard. <laughs> I actually, years later, I mean, I guess it was a few years ago, I met Derek Cheater and... I should have brought up the the Disney thing, and oh, I, and I didn't. Like, my mom saw you when you were with Mariah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a great conversation starter. I'm sure no one's ever told them about the time somebody maybe saw them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to, I should apologize for calling a Jeter douchebag. He's like the only Yankee that I can respect. I and think. I apologize for not knowing <laughs> the difference. <laughs> the difference between him and they Alex look, I mean, you I don't put, a, know what you they put look a man like. in a Yankees uniform, all you can see is the New York logo and you, and wow. you can't. They do look kind of similar. 
the power of a uniform. Yeah. The, uh, the, like, you know, and you, you look shave. at the ass yeah. and, and the stripes and you're like, okay. The ass yeah. and the stripes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's all the New York eyes Yankee go. has to yeah. offer to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is a very shoehorned, I didn't mean to use that word twice already. Uh, segue. <laughs> one more. Uh, one more I'll, and you're out. I'll, yeah. One more and I'll leave forever. Um, uh, but speaking of uh, uniforms, I just saw Queen and Slim this week. <gasps> Was it good? Uh, oh. Written by Lena Waithe, who is uh, yes. a, a, a gay woman. A gay icon. A gay icon. Dicon. A yes. dicon. Oh, I like that. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really want to uh, go too much into it, um, like, uh, spoilers-wise, but it's amazing. Uh, I saw it with, like, a talk back with her after, and she, like, what? <gasps> mentioned stuff about, there was, like, stuff about uniforms and stuff, so. Uh, that's all I'll say. I <laughs> want to cool. see her speak in person so bad. She's just, like, every time she talks, I'm just like, yes. She was very, <laughs> that's so cool. like, poised and calm and articulate and eloquent. It was... Yeah, she's just so like on it. I don't know. She's so like wise and thoughtful. And anytime I've heard her on a podcast, I'm like, man, you're doing important stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I like watching her speak. I was like, how am I ever going to pitch anything I've written to get made? I don't talk like that. I talk like this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah, the trailer for that looked incredible and I can't wait to see it and I know the listeners have heard about my past trials and tribulations with movie pass which do you uh, still have it no I think they went <laughs> under I finally like go I held on to it for way too long did yeah. you I did I came to it late and continued to hold on to it yeah because oh. in New York it's it was still kind of a good deal even if right. you could just go to oh, like the sure. two theaters that still yes yeah let you use it uh, but then I finally gave up on it and now I'm a AMC Stubbs or whatever the oh, thing, A-list. Nice. I've heard can, that's good. It's good. I mean, you can see like three movies a week. Not like most people don't have the time for that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did see Parasite and Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I love both. And they are both so good. It's such a good movie season. Nothing yeah. queer about Parasite or Jojo Rabbit. Well, there's something a little, a little queer. queer. There's a little queerness. In which one were you going to say? Well, I was going to say in Jojo Rabbit. Yes. Okay. Right. Having yeah. an imaginary friend is gay. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty gay. <laughs> and there's like there's like a unspoken but definitely queer uh, like two characters later on also. Yeah. Yes. Um, between the two Nazis. Yes. Yes. Spoiler. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, it's so funny. We were going to the movie, me and my wife, and she thought that we were seeing Honey Boy, the Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh. <laughs> so she was really expecting something wait, different. She, wait, the- like you changed your plans or she thought that Honey Boy was called Jojo Rabbit. So she's not great with proper nouns. And oh, okay. <laughs> oh it wasn't part. like a difference of opinion of like, she thought we were going to see Honey Boy, but I, <laughs> yeah, I put I my foot down. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I kind of 
pitched out two movies and those were the two movies. But okay. then I said, I explained what Honey Boy was. I never explained what Jojo Rabbit was. Uh, uh, and then Honey Boy only had like one showtime in the middle of the day. So I was like, oh, let's just go see Jojo Rabbit. And she's like, okay. And she's like, oh, I feel like I'm going to have a good cry during this one. And all of like the family dynamics and like father son stuff. And I'm like, Oh, no, this is a Nazi movie. <laughs> <laughs> but surprisingly, I I definitely had a good cry. And there's some father-son dynamic stuff in there. Yeah. No, I cried three times. I mean, yeah. when I say I cried, it was like I stopped myself from crying three times because I mm-hmm. don't let myself cry. Oh, really? Movies. All I do is cry during movies. Um, I, I also, I don't I don't like to do it. I, really? Yeah. Uh, I think I went like a good two decades without crying at a movie. I lost it at Big Bird Gets Lost in Japan. Wow. Like cried for three hours. Like I've, oh I'm my desperately, my, I remember my mom desperately trying to get me to stop crying after Big Bird Gets Lost in Japan. Like after the movie had ended. <laughs> I, I don't even know if I saw it through or if oh, I was wow. just so thrown by the concept of being lost and alone that I, <laughs> like something broke inside me. And is that why you don't let yourself anymore? Or I, I don't know why I don't let myself okay. cry at movies but now if I start to tear up I'm like it's not like I'm embarrassed I'm like mad at myself for crying but anyway I watched Jeopardy yesterday and I did cry oh so. oh well I wasn't <laughs> expecting that that's a twist no there was a yeah that's because the twist of Alex the, Trebek I I, <laughs> I started talking about that recent um somebody didn't know the answer in Final Jeopardy oh and yeah wrote, we love you Alex yeah. and you cheered up so I I started talking about that uh, to my partner and I started to tear up as I was describing it. And she was like, I have Twitter. I've seen this. Wow. <laughs> and then we watched a, an episode of Jeopardy and I was just like really pulling for one of the people and it made oh, me cry. Wow. Well, that's nice. <laughs> anyway, well, look how far I've come since <laughs> not letting myself sh- shed a single tear at anything. Those are two interesting choices. I just don't like getting stuffed up. <laughs> oh, it's a That's practical really thing. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I feel like movies, especially going to a movie theater, is like such a safe space. Mm, to, very uh, like you're in the dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it's also like it's emotional, but they're not necessarily your emotions or your life so you can like oh that's a good way yeah. to feel yeah. freely do you think you cry more at the movie theater than like at home watching Netflix I don't really uh, definitely more at the movie theater I don't mm. really cry during just watching Netflix mm. yeah I feel like at the movies I'm more just so in the moment and like zero distractions mm-hmm. and, and as much as I say I try not to let myself cry like the farewell like the entire row when I saw the farewell, um, <laughs> that's the movie about Aquafina and her grandma and anything having to do with a grandma. Well, all bets are off for me. Mm-hmm. I was just, it was a communal crying session, a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was crying and it's not even like a sad movie in theory. I mean, it's an sure. emotional movie. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It deals with a lot of family stuff. Yeah. Do you know that Lulu Wong, who directed it, uh, dates Barry Jenkins, who directed Moonlight? I did not know that. It was pretty good. It was just something that I saw on the internet. Power couple. Yeah. Power couple, yeah. Wow. That's like a power couple where I'm like, that's okay that they're not gay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You get a pass. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody else, though. (laughs) Why did I think Barry Jenkins was gay? 
Because he I directed think Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just kind of assumed that. That's yeah. good. That's good on me. I'm good. Well, he did a good job. <laughs> you know, I like to assume everybody's gay until they prove otherwise. Yes. Show receipts. Yeah. That's subversive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> subversive, one day problematic, but right now, <laughs> subversive. <laughs> Oh, man. Other Speaking of assuming everyone's gay, uh, Dolly Parton is having quite the year. Are either of you Dolly heads? Uh, no, I saw, her, uh, I saw her talking about how she saw Jolene recently. Wait, the real person? Mm, yeah, she said she like ran <gasps> into her again. And she, she was like, and she's not hot anymore. Wow. <laughs> I was like, that seems petty, Dolly. <laughs> 60 years later. <laughs> also, is... Jolene's real name, Jolene, and does she know about the song? That's a good question. I don't actually know. She probably has to know about the song because it was like some woman in like Tennessee where she was living. So I don't know. Word word gets around. I want to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I saw an article a little bit ago about like this is the real uh, Valerie from the Amy Winehouse song Valerie, which I didn't realize is a cover. Is a cover. yeah. Yeah. And what's Valerie like? Gay? Um, no. Yeah. No, I don't think she is. Uh, but she was just like, yeah, that song's about me. <laughs> Valerie sounds kind of gay. I don't know. She's got yeah. a lot of drama going on. She's like, it's- yeah, it's about me. I'm not coming over. <laughs> <laughs> it's 9 p.m. I'm in bed. <laughs> yeah. Gay. That's gay. gay. <laughs> yeah, the song comes off as gay when it's the cover because it's like her singing about a woman. Yeah. but Right. Uh, Dolly Parton has so there's like a netflix series i don't know if it's out already or coming out about her songs and it's like acting out like these vignettes based on all her songs and then there's also like this npr um series uh a podcast about dolly parton where they interview all these people from her life and i haven't listened to it yet but i've been getting all of the press releases about it sent to the diking out email address and i'm like they know they know that wow the audience yes would be interested <laughs> love dolly parton and uh i didn't one of the reasons i wasn't going to listen is because they don't on the list of people i saw that they interviewed they don't interview her lover judy <laughs> her supposed Wait, lover judy she has a lover judy well, she sleeps in a bed with her best friend, her childhood best friend named Judy, wow. who she lives with. And Judy definitely looks like like a les. Like, okay. uh, yeah, Judy, Judy. And then the like her husband is never. It's a very like oh, Oprah Gale situation. Uh, she's married, but she got married when she was like 18. And I don't even know if like like he lives in like a separate wing of. Oh, wow. The property. But Judy lives right there. I don't know if Judy still is. You know, I from the preliminary investigation I've done, I know that they, <laughs> I know Dolly Her has the mentioned. with threads yeah. and pictures <laughs> in Carolyn's bedroom. <laughs> uh, for my college thesis on Dolly Parton. <laughs> I've never been a big Dolly Parton fan, but like, you know, uh, one of the rumors of Dolly Parton is that her arms are covered in tattoos and that's why she wears long sleeve shirts and nobody has seen her arms and ears. Oh. And she admitted on the, on the podcast that she does in fact actually have tattoos. Now she does doesn't have sleeves, but she has oh. uh, like butterfly tattoos on her body to cover up scars. Oh, and wow. that's gay. 
that, that is, is gay. gay. Yeah, that's gay. If you're not Mariah Carey and you have butterfly tattoos. Oh, it's gay. the butterfly part. I I thought it was the scars part. <laughs> I thought so too. Yeah. <laughs> I got scars from my tough life, and now they're art on my skin. <laughs> I put on a temporary tattoo this weekend, and for the first time ever, thought ever? about it. Oh no, I've I've, oh. I've put on temporary. T- <laughs> Sorry, I, it's this crazy thing, guys. Have you heard of it? Yeah, you put a sponge on the paper, and uh-huh. then you have a tattoo for one minute. What? Uh, <laughs> Wait, what did you get it? <laughs> I it was like some uh, like Celtic symbol, I, and I put it on my neck. And uh, whoa, aggressively that's really bold right? for a first temporary tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the first time, it made me consider getting a real tattoo, but I don't think I can. Oh, I'm just too nervous. Like on your neck, a or neck just... tattoo? No, just okay. like a In tattoo general. to to communicate queerness. No. That's that's how I yeah. Because usually when I put on temporary tattoos, it is like oh, like a like a butterfly or a or a track. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a moon. But this one was like a kind of more of like a just like a character symbol type thing, and, mm. it, and I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. But then immediately talk myself out of it. I have a tattoo. <gasps> what is it? It's a it's a little smiley face on oh, my oh, like right it. wrist. Uh, yeah, I got it earlier this year. It's my first one. Wow. Um, yeah, but I've been thinking about it for like a couple years now. It was a stamp from a concert I went to by myself. Um, that I uh, somebody else in the audience had just seen the improv show I'd done and recognized me, and they were friends with the band so I got to like hang out with them like the rest of the night it was just a reminder to like do more things on my own because I don't really like to do things by myself that's, that's awesome. lovely what a great story yeah, thank you who was the band um that part's more embarrassing <laughs> uh no it's uh it's a. Uh, uh, Evan Rachel Wood was in a two-person band that no longer exists. Okay, that's not that's embarrassing. not embarrassing <laughs> at all. <laughs> what? Yeah, so I got to I got to like uh, meet and hang out with Evan Rachel Wood for a little bit with like whatever big entourage that night. Um, she told me she liked my shirt. I was wearing a shirt with a lot of little foxes on it, and she said that's her spirit animal. Oh wow! Look at that. Yeah. Well, that's a strike. <laughs> <laughs> that's a yep. strike. <laughs> I mean, that's I, awesome. I though. like that she likes foxes, but calling the it the spirit, spirit animal is oh, a step yeah, too sure. far. Yeah, but it's not an Evan Rachel Wood tattoo, is what I want to make. No, no, no. Clear. It's a, yeah. I, I get it. Like I mean, I put, see the you resemblance put yourself out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that? Oh, hi, Evan. No, I, I think that's lovely to Thank remind you. yourself to, you know, open yourself to experiences. Is, thanks. I, I need that reminder. More, now. more tattoos. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know. That's what people say. If you get one, then the the floodgate opens. It doesn't feel as big of a deal anymore, I think. Yeah. I don't have any tattoos, and I am now considering one for the first time. But I, I still don't know if I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to tell you guys about it without crying, since we've been talking <laughs> about crying. Okay. Um, I found out that my cousin got a tattoo when she was in Argentina this summer and the tattoo that she got uh, she had her brother send her a picture of a card that my grandmother had sent her and my grandmother signed it off love always my grandmother is now dead so she got the love always in my grandma's handwriting on her wrist that's so special I did it I did it without crying Uh, I've told it enough 
while crying that that I'm good now. You've got but, the muscle memory down. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can do this. That's I was telling my though. sister, and That's she's like, story. why are you so upset? I'm like, because it's grandma. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You heartless. <laughs> right? Uh, do you not uh, feel? Yeah, right? So... Uh, I really like that, even though, of course, that's a tattoo that my grandmother would probably be like, why? <laughs> like, don't don't get a tattoo at my expense. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. That seemed like a really cool, yeah, meaningful thing. Yeah, very lovely. Thing. Yeah, I know. To capture someone's handwriting is very, very sweet and, yeah. and powerful. I like that. Yeah. Especially because I'm in therapy and been learning a lot about how important my grandmother has really been in my life, which oh, like wow. I knew all along, but like I kind of didn't really understand why. Yeah. And kind of learning about like the role that she played for me has been like cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Which, yeah. which in a way I feel like, well, I, I, not that I've been talking about my past grandmother a lot. She's been past for a while, but I think it wasn't until after she died that you think about the context that your relationship took place in. Yeah. Or the kind of thinking about, oh, what role did she play in my life? Yeah. And I don't, I'm not mad at myself for not thinking about those things while she was alive because while she was alive, I was just enjoying her company. Yeah. Which I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm think that was better. Yeah. To like live with her, with her and enjoy her company and laugh with her and not think, wow, she's really important. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be sad when she dies. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad right. that I lived in the moment, but it is um, eye-opening to look back and think about how important, you know, someone was in the context of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um I don't know. Like I, I always was like very close with my grandmother and I love spending time with her. And even after I moved away and I went to college, I would like call her on the phone like every week and regularly talk to her. And, um, you know, anytime I went home, like my first stop was going to visit her and everything. And, um, but, but just like really being like, wow, this person was so supportive of me ever since like, you know, because like, grandparents they don't really have to like discipline you or like they just want you to be happy so they like encourage like anything that that you want to do I mean if you have a good one you know right (laughs) I've known some pretty cunty grandmas too so (laughs) but uh but yeah it was just like that unconditional support that you you know hope for from all the people in your lives Mm -hmm. and uh it was cool to to get that from her yeah Yeah. Yeah. And to get to like unpack that, but also like honor that through talking about it in therapy sounds very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then another, maybe I'm talking about therapy too much, but another connection is like that my relationship with my wife, like that's kind of, my wife is like the second relationship where I've kind of felt that same way of like that unconditional support. And, like, that's really cool, too, to see kind of, like, the parallels between, like, the way that my grandmother gave me that feeling and that support. And now I get that from my wife. And I just feel very fortunate, you guys. That's very cool. I know Thanksgiving is over, but very thankful for uh, (laughs) my dead grandma and my alive wife. So... Well, that's wow. nice. That's, that's a nice sentiment. <laughs> this is more sentimental than I plan on getting, you guys. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about something not sentimental, like commitment. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> yeah. 
man. So, Kate. Yes. We're talking about commitment because you're not getting married. I'm I'm not. Not for this foreseeable future. I've been doing the I've been doing um I've been doing this joke on stage recently that I love and I think everyone else hates, mm-hmm. which is I announced that I uh, asked my, I say, oh, I asked my girlfriend to marry me. And mm-hmm. everyone, you know, the audience cheers, freaks out. And I go, and she said, no, that's my time. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> and I leave the stage. <laughs> and what, and, and that's great. <laughs> where in your act? Well, so I, 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 I tried to do it as my like opening joke. And uh-huh. then it's also a joke that I'm leaving. But then people are just like, <laughs> and then I've tried to do like an extended bit about how like oh we're still together she just like feels a certain way about marriage but they, you know they don't like those jokes either um, so I truly just uh, ha- like will close a set with that amazing <laughs> just Great. to enjoy the reaction of the yay oh no do oh, people talk I, like, to you leave. after of, like, yes <laughs> about it? that's funny um, but is it a lot of guys that are like, okay, so how how did your girlfriend do this exactly? <laughs> <laughs> how is she able to say, no, I don't want to marry you, but please stay with me? <laughs> no, it, it hasn't been any dudes asking me for tips. Um, it's it's been a lot of women being like, are you okay? Oh, and I'm like, oh no, we're like still together. Like I'm I'm okay. yeah yeah yeah. Or at least I'm yeah I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay, guys. Oh, guys, yeah, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine. Will you put that down? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kate's not holding anything. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> yeah, she. Um. Uh, I didn't like to get her down on an, on my knee with a ring or anything. Okay. Um, because I also know that that's not how she likes to communicate in general. Um. So I was just like straight up like, oh, I, I would love to marry you. Do you want to get married? And she's just like, no. So had you not had that conversation before? I guess that was a conversation. It's basically been like that was the conversation. That was the conversation. Um, A conversation we've had a bunch of times. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And had gay marriage not been legalized, is that something that you think you still would have wanted? Or is it now that it's legal, it feels like, oh, that's where things Mm. have to go. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I think two things about that. I'm from Massachusetts, so mm. since I was young, it's felt like it's been a legalized thing for my world, even though it meant a lot to me when it was... Yeah. Um, Massachusetts brag. <laughs> yeah, just a little mass brag. Um, Not- it meant a lot to me when it was federally recognized, um, yeah. but uh, I think it's always been something that was kind of... I knew about gay marriage existing in Massachusetts before I knew that I liked women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's something I probably took for granted. And I'm trying to think of when our if our first conversation was before or after. I think it, maybe it was after. But how, I don't How think long have was. you been together? Uh, we just had our sixth anniversary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Congrats. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I just learned about the term Boston marriage. This oh. year, I'm like, how did yes. I not know that sooner? That's funny. Yeah. Isn't it also a David Mamet play or something? Is it? I'm going to Google. Yeah, so a, a Boston marriage is just the term used when two women who aren't married live together, like Laverne and Shirley, and, right? Yeah. Isn't that? Right. Is it yeah. implied it was, that it's... I think um, in retrospect, okay, people are looking at a lot of historical <laughs> quote-unquote Boston marriages and being like, oh. oh. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. They were gay. So yeah. that's the gal pals of the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is it a David Mamet play too? It's also a 1999 play by American playwright David Mamet. I wonder what he has to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd see that if it's gay. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I'd see it. I feel like com- when people talk about commitment and committing in relationships that marriage is always tied into that and it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be um yeah you and, sound like my girlfriend yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know you're right though you're i'm right, on my though. second marriage and mm-hmm. <laughs> between the marriages though uh both me and cecilia were like never getting married again and i remember i had this coworker who he's been with his girlfriend for like 25 years or something. Wow. They have separate apartments because they're like rent controlled in Manhattan and like Gramercy and like great, great deals. So mm-hmm. neither of them are giving up their apartments. They don't have kids. And it just seems like what a great relationship. Like the only thing that's keeping them together is love that they love each other. And it's yeah. not like any type of obligation to Elise, to kids, to Right. the government or paperwork or right. you know mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing and I was like I think that's what I want and especially after getting divorced I'm like there's no reason uh for me to ever get married again and then here I am uh, <laughs> here you are <laughs> <laughs> married again uh, uh we- and and in love and in, and love. in love. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not, see, but now that I've been divorced, I know that, like, there's no obligation to stay married to someone. Uh, <laughs> That's right. So, no. so you're both choosing to, which is yeah, a beautiful Yeah, thing. we're both yeah. choosing to Every day. be on multiple marriage. This is her third marriage and my my second. What oh, a Oh, I didn't know that she'd been married before. Yeah, the stats are against us. We were... Um, <laughs> Both going through divorces at the same time when we started seeing each other. So yeah. was that? Um, and it wasn't caused by that. Just to be clear, like it wasn't. No, like right. We no, were yeah, you were, yeah, yeah, clear. Yeah. But was that? <laughs> did you bond a lot over that when you were? Did you know each other when you were both going through divorces? So we were coworkers, and then we. I was kind of like miserable because I was going through a divorce. So I was mm-hmm. uh, keeping my distance too because she was like this, you know, beautiful queer woman in the office. And uh, and then it just so happened upon conversation that she learned that I was getting divorced. And she's like, oh, I my marriage is also ending. I'm like, that's crazy. We should get lunch. And wow. then it was kind of like talking about what was going on in our uh, relationships, which were like very, very different cases and um, different situations and yeah we are both you know very much like never getting married again mm-hmm. of that mindset and then wow yeah what a story you know <laughs> uh so I would say I'm I'm very into making commitments uh <laughs> <laughs> are you ready to shop Rakuten's big give week is back Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Yeah, I love, I, I love commitment. Yeah, that's such a weird thing to say. Are I you... love being committed to my partner. Okay, that's I, it. Feels very. Um, it's nice to feel stable in that mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I am too. Even though she doesn't want to get married, she has said like, "Oh, but I'll be with you forever." Yeah, and I'm like, "Okay, I think that's all I need." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all it's all I need. I want to be married. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. All I need is you. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's very sweet. What is her her beef with marriage? Um, I think it's like a, a feminist beef that yeah. she's like, oh, it's been this kind of like way to trade women, you know, um, sure. you know, f- from the, the dad to the husband and, mm-hmm. you know, she's being owned or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but obviously we don't live that, we don't live in that world anymore. Yeah. Like straight marriage is a prison, but <laughs> <laughs> like she was very, she, we were both very emotional when, um, when uh, nationwide gay marriage uh, went through the Supreme Court because she's a, she's uh, about to be a lawyer too. Okay. So oh, she like, loves the law, and so that was oh, important to her that you know we're recognized. But so then when I'm like, oh, that's an interesting, isn't it? Um, yeah, dichotomy, I guess. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, is it just like not wanting the government to be a part of like uh, 
an agreement between two people. So yeah. she also, but she does have beef with that in the way it is today because when I'm cynical, what I really want is to make promises to each other in front of everybody that we love. Yeah. And look at her every day and be like, you're my wife and and be like, look at, we're married. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm cynical, I'm like, well, what about, you know, the taxes and, and stuff like that? Oh, and she's sure. like, well, why, why, why is it not just as valid for two single women raising their children together in a home to be recognized by the government as a worthy partnership, even though it's not romantic or sexual. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, it sounds gay. Yeah. <laughs> sounds Second of gay. all, I don't know, but I don't control it. Yeah. Please marry me. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope she doesn't listen. Different. She's yeah. going to be like, I made the right decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, did, I did just watch Marriage Story, which... Uh, uh, the oh. new Mo- Noah Baumbach movie, but it does look like a lot of uh, legal, like, mm. uh, just it, it costs them a lot of money to to try to get divorced. That can be complicated. My divorce, thankfully, was not complicated because we didn't, um, you know, own property or have kids or any joint accomplishments. So um, that was <laughs> <laughs> uh, a win for both of us. But it's... Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if she just doesn't, uh, she wants to separate like her her career from her, her love life, you know? In terms there's, of there's nothing how legally. she feels about the law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want any binding contracts in my life. Yeah, yeah. I do enough of that at work. Yeah. <laughs> like a real estate agent who won't own a house. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh man! Uh, I was about to say, or a doctor who won't take medicine, but that is a thing. That's oh, yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> Doctors are like, I'm yeah. healthy, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Would she enter in a domestic partnership? Um, is that going to be the next rejection? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take this one home. I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I I. Right now, I'm torn between trying to communicate that this is something that I really want to her mm-hmm. and trying to um, accept that this is something that she doesn't want. Yeah. You know? When- like, I'm trying to be open to both. Like, maybe this is all I need, you know, to, to live together. And we're going to get a dog in 2020. <gasps> That's exciting. It's one of our 2020 resolutions. Nice. Um, so we'll live together, hopefully have a dog together. And then I think down the line... We were undecided about kids, but then okay. we'll have those two. So I'm like, oh, maybe I can have all the things that I want without being married. Um, when did but the- also maybe she will change her mind because she's given me like a like maybe eyes sometimes. Maybe you eyes. know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when did the conversation first get opened? Um, I think by accident. I think I maybe said it by okay. accident. But like how long? But like how long ago? A few yeah. years. A few oh, years. Okay. okay so, so this has really okay. been yeah. circulating. Yeah. 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 Can you see why I wanted to talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, this is more like you're coming here for advice. I'm yeah. Like, I'm well, like, okay. like <laughs> either tell me to shut up and then I'm being stupid, or like tell me how to trick her into marrying. Yeah. It sounds true. Yeah. Well, because the way you're talking about it sounds like it's um, like a new. Or issue. I think it feels new because it's something I'm starting to write jokes about. Okay. Yeah. And it's, or something I'm just talking about in general Mm -hmm. instead of keeping. Oh, that's cool. um, That's good. That's good. Keeping it in, I guess. Right. I mean, I definitely know of people who are in relationships that are, that's very much the case where one person is like, I want to get married. And the other person's like, 
I don't think marriage is for me, but I want to be with you. And then that's always kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then what one person has to right, right. <laughs> I think, come yeah. around. One person has to come around or it doesn't work. I've never been a person steadfast in my principles. I'll throw them all away for someone. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I can't really like... Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know th- what you I mean. think that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. The three of us are, <laughs> okay, on that side. We're all pushovers. Yeah. Great. Or just like any, anything for someone to love me. Um <laughs> That's why we're all comedians. <laughs> I went on a first date recently, and we're still like going on dates and stuff. Oh, nice. But on the first date, she said that she doesn't want kids. I don't remember how it got brought up, but I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but like, apparently, it was a big enough issue uh, between her and her like last partner, and like the only wiggle room she was willing to give was like she would she would be willing to foster. And I was like, well, that's I'd, I I. This is a first date, but eventually I will like it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know. That That's interesting, too, because I, yeah, when do you bring that up? Like, I brought that up um, with my first wife. We had been dating for, let me see, like three to four months. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted kids. And I thought, well, now this is weird to bring up three or four like I wish I just made it clear back when we are friends or something that I always wanted kids and right. like knew how she felt about it because then you have to casually like walk by some kids and be like hey what are your thoughts on those you know <laughs> which is what I did uh, wow <laughs> how'd it go uh she was like yeah yeah okay good good yeah good to know, good to know. um and then once we moved to New York and that was sort of the beginning of the end of things, the first realization was we don't want kids anymore, but it was because we didn't want kids with each other. We were like, oh, mm-hmm. oh this yeah. would be I remember terrible. You said, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, uh, and then with Cecilia, she saw me, I mean, she came uh, to meet my family for the first time and saw me with my nephews and was like, I want your babies. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. So yeah. I had to like, Recalibrate? Uh, yeah, recalibrate because I I put a lot of effort into convincing myself that I didn't want kids anymore. Mm-hmm. So then to be like, okay, now got to repicture that future that I had in my mind. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But also that it's that whole thing like I could go either way. Depends on just what the other person wants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm – so with, with kids, we've talked about it um, and she'll – She'll say things like maybe or like we'll see. I'm not sure. But then she'll also say like when we're talking about the future, she'd also be like, oh, well, you know, the kids would probably be in high school by then. So (laughs) (laughs) so when we're talking to each other, you know, she's on the fence. But then she'll like let slip that she like has imagined full teenagers in our lives. So yeah. So I don't know. But I think I'm going to be a pushover. And if she's like, you know what? I've decided I don't want kids. I'm going to be like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> um, no, I think kids will probably, I feel pretty steadfast on that. I, I feel know. like that, that's the biggest commitment. Yes. If we're talking about commitments, I feel like having kids, that's the, uh, as one of my former bosses said, uh, once you have kids, like killing yourself is off the table. Uh, 
That's interesting. I don't think that's always what happens brutal, in practice. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. not for some people. Yeah, uh, not for some people I know who have dead parents. But yeah. I feel like that is such. In so few words is such an insight into that person's brain. It really is. (laughs) Like, we just learned so much. Would you say it was your former boss? Yeah. We just learned so much about your former boss from one sentence. She's the greatest. She also, when I asked her about her thoughts on having kids, she used the word worthwhile. And that was the (laughs) best way. That's really, though, the best way I've heard, like, because right, a lot of raising kids sucks right like yeah it seems like most of it yeah it's like you're tired they're difficult they don't appreciate anything they're brats they're gonna hate you they're gonna grow up go to therapy and blame all of their problems on you which is what i'm going through now and (laughs) uh and that happens like regardless i think of like how good or bad of a parent you are for the most part like because whatever you do raising your kids determines the good and the bad, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are outside factors, obviously, but like it's they're going to hold the accountable. And, um, but it's like, is it worthwhile? Is like the the question though. Like, is it worth all of that? And for her to be like, yeah, it's worthwhile. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's great. It's good to know. <laughs> that's good to know. It's good to know. It's like that feels like a Yelp review. That's like, uh, like three stars. Three stars. Like, yeah. <laughs> sure. Go, you know, if you don't have other plans, great place to hang out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think three stars for for kids is pretty yes, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. More than half of the stars. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the criteria. More than half makes it worthwhile. Yeah. 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 Any less than that. Literally uh glass half full kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Just like a drop over class half full. <laughs> the funny thing is, I I would feel comfortable. I I say that I want to be married and that it's important to me, but I would feel comfortable having kids if we weren't married because I do trust the commitment that we have now enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I don't, which I don't think makes my argument for me. Yeah, <laughs> that marriage is important. <laughs> oh, I see. It. Okay. So as somebody who, like I said, after getting divorced was like, no marriage for me. And I got married again. But part of the reason and, you know, obviously the biggest reason is that I do love Cecilia and want to build my future with her, yada, yada. And uh, the other one was a green card. And it wasn't, I always have to be very clear about this. It wasn't a green card marriage, but it was like, this is the only reason I would marry someone again because like mm-hmm. the paperwork is actually mm-hmm. important here. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she could have gotten it through a job, but I was like, we're talking about our future anyway. Yeah. You're protecting your it life together. Have, yeah. So it, that's how I saw it. I was like, this allows me to be with you here and us not have to move to Canada, which, you know, that's also a fine life we could have had <laughs> in Canada. Um, but you know, when we when we were talking about like our future and wanting to stay in New York and everything, um, yeah, I was like, that's a practical decision. Now, if it wasn't for that, would we have still gotten married? I'm gonna say probably. I'm, I'm gonna say- <laughs> <laughs> because for as much as we were both like, forget marriage, uh, she's so sentimental that I can't imagine we would have been together much longer without her being like, 
we must be wives. It must be official, you know. So, uh, but but I do see the other side of it. Like, I see mm-hmm. what your partner, like, I don't know. Um, it's hard because it's like sometimes, like, when I see it in relationships, it's like that person doesn't know what they want in life. And they're just trying to, like, get out of not having to make a commitment. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen it with a very good friend of mine where it's just the other person just really doesn't want to get married, but obviously loves her so much and is very committed to her. And they they seem great together. So I don't think that that's what he's doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't sound like that's what your partner's doing. So so those are the two reactions the second one uh, is the one I like tell myself all the time <laughs> um but the first one if I saw my friend in a situation like this I'd yeah be like get out they don't want to commit to you if they really if, they, if you really mattered to them like yeah I, not that I would actually say that to person I never give any of my friends advice um, yeah I'm a bad friend <laughs> in that way <laughs> but um but it's funny because I'm I like I wonder if I was my friend yeah. What would I say to me? Yeah. But it also feels like like it's not that like fuck boy situation. No. You know? Yeah. No. Also it was six years in, it's like yeah. I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um when you were when you were a kid, did you always think of yourself getting married? Um, I never imagined weddings. Same. Um, that like wasn't yeah, a same. thing I was interested in. I think and that's this a, queer... Is a queer red flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like that you're that you are queer. Oh, okay, okay. No, yeah, I guess it's not a red flag because it's a good thing that it it's is a queer a rainbow flag. <laughs> yes, it's a, <laughs> it's a rainbow flag that's like ding ding ding. You're probably gay. <laughs> yeah, um, I have to wear what? <laughs> I guess I kind of I always imagined myself growing up to have kids. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I think is actually. I think is a common thing for kids because you are one. So yeah. it's like, well, right. if you're only your most important relationship is a parent child relationship. Yeah. And you, if it's a, if you have a good one, which I feel like I was lucky to have good um, relationships with my parents, then it's like, Oh, well I'm going to do this again. Yeah. Right. And uh, I'll be on the other side of it because that's the only way this can happen again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there's um, not really examples of like, and right. this is an adult who's very happy without kids. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. And also I feel like parents will have like their opinion of like, that's uh, your uncle without kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, so I always imagined kids and I, there was a point where I imagined being married but th- always would think it was a man. And I used to say, I feel like in middle school, I used to say, yeah, um, I'm going to be married to to a man who reads books. <laughs> you would just say that all the time? I was like, when people were like, That's very you funny. know, when everyone's like, oh my God, like I'm, my husband is going to be, you know, uh, imagining. And I'd be like, yeah, my husband, he's going to read books. Like, I love that. Like, I feel like you could just, tell from how i was like eh, we're gonna have so many conversations about books there'll be no time for sex <laughs> no time for p and the v no way <laughs> uh, that's great yeah sorry my it, it's, it's weird because that's i'm wow i haven't thought about this in a long time but that kind of stuck with me because i um before before i started seeing chelsea i was with men and women and when I first uh 
uh, started seeing women, I was in like a little state of denial. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to date women, but I'm going to marry a man. I mm-hmm. said that sentence out loud to someone. Oh my God, how embarrassing. Yeah, I remember. I think a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> but I remembered feeling or saying that and also people I've dated saying that as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, people you've dated have said that to you? We like, like, like I'm dating you, but I'm going to marry a man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You are a uh, you're a short term situation for me. I've been in a lot of toxic things. People have okay, said a enough. lot of things to me. <laughs> that is not one of the worst. Oh, no. oh, I was no. going to say no judging here. No judging here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I've yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think that's really queer to have like a different sense of like what marriage is and wanting it and your relationship to wanting it and then it's like it became this like civil rights fight and then Mm -hmm. it was like well if we're all fighting for this we better use it you know it's a use it or lose it situation i do remember arguments like around the time it was getting legalized or like right before like nation uh, like nationally of like people being like this is not the most important fight like we're fighting for a heteronormative structure yeah Mm. um I do remember that. And then but then I saw I'm going to I'm going to do that horrible thing of where I saw a headline and I didn't read the article. Mm-hmm. Um but that uh, there was some headline that said that gay suicide rates have dropped since um gay marriage was legalized. Oh, you don't have to read the article. I saw That's that great. headline. Right? As yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh, it's cuz they have kids so they can't kill themselves anymore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I so I do see the thing of where it's like, oh, you know, we don't need to play by these rules that have are part of the, you know, patriarchy um, of sex and race. Like, no need to comply. But then it's also oh, to be recognized as just people. Yeah. Um, is important. I think. I think that's another reason why why marriage is appealing to me. As like a um, reminder to everyone else, like I feel like when we're around, um, like when we're around f- family, I feel like she puts like her arm around me more, or like will like hold my hand more, and it's and I kind of think it's maybe a subconscious thing of like, hey, remember this isn't my friend. Not that anyone uh, thinks that. Like yeah. our families are very supportive, but it's like, hey, remember we're we're a romantic relationship here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I think of marriage as a way that you can do that. I I definitely agree with that because that was a feeling that kind of made me want to get married the first time mm-hmm. was this feeling like nobody will take this relationship seriously unless we get married, like unless mm-hmm. we make this big commitment in front of everybody. And um, even... I mean, even now, you know, I'm married to Cecilia and just the other week, my aunt referred to her as my girlfriend and I want to be like, my wife, my <laughs> wife. And, and I know they're all like cool with it, but right. like, I just think it's still in people's minds, you know, and, and even my sister once made some comment, like this was years ago, but she said she was talking to a friend of hers who 
you know, from high school and they didn't realize that I was gay. She's like, yeah, you know, it's no big deal. It's just like her best friend sleeps over every night. And I'm like, oh, no, we're fucking. Uh, it's, not, it's not like that. I don't do that with my best friends. <laughs> we're fucking is, and our souls are entwined. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of emotional labor involved that I don't do for my friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot more crying. Uh, <laughs> more crying and orgasms is the difference between my friendships. And <laughs> Those are two pretty big differences. Yeah. yeah it's big. Yeah. This is big. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm in the like going on a lot of like early dates phase. So I'm like, mm. I, don't know, I don't know why I'm giving these people more of myself than, or like a certain part of myself and not my friends. <laughs> you know, like my friends yeah. are very important to me. Oh, so. yeah. That's obviously is a different relationship, but also just the idea of like, oh, yeah, my friend doesn't get to see this part of me because that's not part of mm. a platonic friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's something interesting, too, because I feel like with, I don't know, especially maybe this, is it a queer thing that, you know, when you enter like a committed relationship with someone, you don't see your friends anymore? Or is that like... I think it's, I think it's an everything. Yeah. Everyone thing. Is that yeah. an everyone thing? That's okay. everyone. Because I, I remember like in high school when I would be in a relationship or like early in college and it was like well, this comes before everything. And my friends are like, why didn't you come to this party or why didn't you come to this thing? And it was like, oh, I was doing this thing with my girlfriend and didn't want to be around everybody from from high school that I'd have to explain this to and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, to me, that was totally fine. But to them, they were like very hurt by it. Mm. And yeah, just giving... But like, even if the relationship I was in wasn't, you know, as important as these friends of mine. Yeah, I guess there is an added complication of like, yeah, and I do think maybe, uh, like you, because I was, uh, like, like I feel like straight newer couples do also like disappear for a while, but I yeah. also feel like they like, bring, like, it, it just, I guess they're like more accepted still so mm-hmm. they can integrate into like, situations and social gatherings more i don't know yeah yeah i don't know there's one fewer hurdle yeah like when you're if you're introducing your like hetero partner then it's like oh i hope they like them i hope they like don't feel awkward like i hope i can walk away and leave them alone and have a Mm -hmm. conversation with someone else but then if it's like a queer partner it's like i hope they're okay with this entire thing Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 Uh, Alex, have you always been like good with commitment or is that something? Have that, I always been good with commitment? Like, um, is that something that you're like, yes, I'll commit to this or does it give you anxiety? I, uh, I'm learning more about myself by going to therapy. Yay. I've been in therapy <laughs> for like, I don't know, like seven or eight years with the same person. Um, oh, wow. but we still learn so much about me every day, <laughs> every week. Uh, wait, quick question. Do you know anything about your therapist? Or is it all one? Um, it's mostly one way. Yeah. Every year, I think as it should be. I don't, maybe that was an inappropriate yeah. question. I'm no, sorry. It's not. Every year she'll go on a vacation, and then when she comes back, I'm like, "Where'd you go?" <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes I find that out. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh no! no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm so afraid to ask mine any. Per- I will never ask her a personal question because she is so like down to business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You know? 
Like she doesn't even say like, how's it going or anything like that. It's just like the session starts and she just sits there and stares at me until I reveal like what emotional scar I want to dive into that day. Yeah, same. Mine mine refuses to talk first and occasionally, just because we've like known each other for so long, we've also had sessions where I just stare at her and then I go, I don't want to talk first. (laughs) And then she's like, why do you think that is? (laughs) Um... But, uh, oh, in terms of commitment, I feel like, so, like, my very first uh, queer relationship was in high school, Um, and it was, like, on and off for two and a half, three years from, like, sophomore year to, like, our freshman year of college, Uh, and it was, it was, like, three days in that uh, she, she asked me, it was long distance, we met at speech and debate camp, um, nice. So we see each other like throughout the year at tournaments and stuff. That would have been a fantasy of mine. Yeah, and we like to meet someone at a camp right? like that. We yeah. roomed together at camp like um, summer between like junior and senior year, I think. Uh, <gasps> but uh, but it was like <laughs> the looks you're our eyes are me. so wide <laughs> I just, right I now. I wish I had. Like, I wish there was like a student council camp I could have gone to right? and have yeah. like been put in the same sleeping situation as another lesbian that would have just like <laughs> changed everything. Well, yeah. I mean, I was already gay, but like still that would have been right the most exciting thing. Yeah, in my life. it was a funny thing where I was like, we clearly were only sleeping in one of the two beds in the room, but like when other people came to visit us, we were like, we have to make it look like <laughs> that bed is being used. Drew on the pillow. Drew on the pillow. <laughs> um, no, but uh, uh, so that was like a whole thing where we met summer between freshman and sophomore year and like uh started talking a lot i had like a crush on her um but then she was like dating a boy in her uh like at her high school um but then like at one point like we finally decided okay we're dating um, and then three days later, she like asks me for like a promise ring type situation. We're just like, we're 16. And, but like, we went through the whole thing of like, we're going to get married. These are yeah. our five kids and a dog and all their names first and middle. And oh, like, sure. but this whole time she's still dating this guy. Like, so That's like, so hard. Um, and then even after they broke up, she started dating. I just, I think it like set a tone for like, uh, I think I either am like, okay, I'm 100% in, but I think it's generally with people who, like, are very hot and cold with me of, like, they give me a lot and then suddenly pull away, like, with Mm. whatever bullshit they're going through. Yeah. But then that's what, like, keeps me very, like, okay, but I had your love for a little bit, so I must be able to earn it again. And, like, feeling like it's a thing I have to earn. Yeah. Versus, like, someone who's very consistently there for me from the beginning. I'm like, I'm not interested. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. So that's something I'm I'm uh, learning mm. about myself and seeing what to do about. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I feel about commitment, I guess. <laughs> I commit to the wrong people. I always wonder, It's it's hard to look back and figure out what this point is. Like, when does commitment start you know right when do you go from just like seeing someone to like I don't know because like we were let's see I was seeing my partner for like three weeks and then she was like are we dating 
And I was like, well, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, well, that we're exclusive. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, and that you're my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, well, those are also two different things. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess we're, we're, you're my girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Are those two different things? Being exclusive? We we were in, we were in, um, college okay so i feel like in the lingo of that time and space they were two different things sure sure okay um because you could be exclusive and then be like well actually i'm i want to hook up with this other person and i feel like people still then they'd be like okay well now we're just not we're, we're back we're back to being not exclusive <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but then kind of like you were saying i feel like once you were like boyfriend and girlfriend or partner and partner or whatever then mm-hmm. it was like there was emotional labor that you were expected to yeah, fill out the rest of the parts of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But even then when we were like officially, like the date that we celebrate as our anniversary, yeah, I still feel like the heavier like commitment didn't start until after that. And I can't pinpoint when it was really. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Was it a conversation? Be- or like... I don't think so because yeah. I think that conversation about like oh like let's put a label on it was mm-hmm. the conversation. Totally. But like when if you're seeing someone new like when like for you when does it go from like this is fun to like oh I I feel strongly that we're like together or should be together. Yeah. Um at the last like relationship I was in that I guess was like a committed one we like we were coworkers and then we started hooking up but then like think like less than a month in it was like well I'm not seeing anyone else and like do you like it uh but then I think in retrospect um and like she would like slip in little things of like I don't know if this will last six months or forever Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh or like and it wasn't even that far in when it was maybe around six or so months when uh like I had gotten a job in LA and then my job was wrapping around the time she was was going to start a job in L.A. Mm. And then we were thinking about, like, finding a place, to, like, a, just a short-term sublet together there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she would say things like, or I was, uh, like, I was like, oh, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be, like, we're moving in together. It's just for, like, like L.A., short-term, whatever. And she was like... Yeah, it's just like summer camp, but watch us be saying that 10 years from now. But oh like, my gosh! <laughs> but no, but I'm like, what I'm realizing now is like, like that's not real commitment, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah. Like her like giving a breadcrumb essentially, bigger yeah, than yeah, a yeah. breadcrumb, but like, like that's something that I get would so get implanted in my brain of like, oh my God, like this is how she feels about me, but then mm-hmm. she would suddenly like pull the rug out from under yeah. me. Again. Yeah. Um, that's, I so, feel yeah. like that's brutal. Because I'm learning that that's not real commitment. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. It's hard because I, I think a lot of times, or at least from my experience, it's like a lot of times when you get in a relationship with another woman, it's like very intense. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, like if, if you are really into them, you're just like, oh, I hope this lasts forever and thinking of like it having an expiration date I don't know like like my very first girlfriend I kind of knew that that's just what it was and then ever since I entered college it seemed like any relationship that I wanted to be with somebody like exclusively they were like a candidate for marriage you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that you know I had to be thinking like 
well, if I'm not going to be this in this relationship forever, then I better not be in it. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess like committing to relationships has always felt easy for me, except for the relationship I'm in now, which is by far the best relationship I've ever been in and the Mm -hmm. healthiest relationship. But because of that, it feels like very foreign to me. One, Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, unconditional support. (laughs) What is this? Like, (laughs) right. Like, oh, you're like, I don't doubt at all how much you love me or into me that's scary like (laughs) (laughs) um and because of the the timing with like just getting divorced to have to make a big commitment seemed scary for for the first time totally yeah that almost reminds me of that article that came out in the new york times a couple years ago that was like you will marry the wrong person but it was about how like it's a very clickbaity article, but mm. the thesis was more about like, uh, oh, we end up in these like relationships with people that like remind us of our first like parental bonds that weren't necessarily good for us. But it sounds yeah. like this is the opposite of that. This is the opposite. Yeah. 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 And that's what I'm also learning in therapy because I'm like kind of wanting to unpack like, it's like I have these anxieties that I have from past relationships, but this relationship is so different than any other relationship. So why do I still have these anxieties? And it's because you keep expecting these patterns to play out. And I finally found someone who like breaks that pattern for me, which, which is great. I just yeah. need to understand that better. And right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yay. Therapy. This could also be, the topic therapy <laughs> this episode this this um, is my therapy yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think between alex and i we've had enough therapy that this qualifies as like a second hand good, good session this is like uh, i'm going like um vintage clothes shopping but for therapy oh, just yeah, having yeah, the wisdom yeah. your therapist passed uh-huh. to you yeah. on to me mm-hmm. thank uh, there's you some damage on the yeah. product <laughs> i have this friend who had this like system for commitment in relationships Mm. and it sounded really douchey when he first said it (laughs) oh no but then I was like actually I think it makes a lot of sense and he was saying you know once you're like 25 or older when you get into relationships you should think like after like by six months you should be able to definitely tell that person you love them. Hmm. Uh, And if not, if you don't love them six months in, like break it off there. And then I forgot what it was like. It was like one year together. Like you should know whether or not you'd want to move into them or no, maybe it was, it was like. It's very systematic. It was very, Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it was like six months for I love you. And then two, if by two years you didn't know if you want to marry them or not, move on. Mm. And then there was something earlier on than that, but I forget what that first step mm-hmm. was. Yeah. But it just seemed like, you know, yeah, very systematic. Like, I don't want to waste my time with somebody totally. that I'm not right. going to be able to love. Or, or waste that, somebody or, else's time. Yeah. Or waste somebody else's time. So he had these markers yeah, in mind. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like I... uh 
by second date, I'm like, I'm in it or I'm not in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a hard time, like, having dated someone for, a, a, like, I won't date someone for, like, longer to, than a month or two if I'm like, I, I don't, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never, I already know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to listen to yourself then, yeah. I think. I've never, not that I've been in many relationships quite the opposite I feel like but I've never felt like unclear about someone and continued to pursue the relationship or dating in general yeah like I feel like every time I've tried to date someone even the times that I've gotten like (laughs) severely rejected it was only because I was like oh I really like this person yeah (laughs) or like oh I really want this to work out um I've never been like uh we'll see Oh, I think yeah, it scares yeah. I think it scares me to be like, oh, we'll see. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I find it so frightening. But if if it's like, I think may- maybe because I'm so prudent, I don't want to have sex with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first marriage. That relationship was a slow burn. Mm. We were friends for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't know if I want to date this person. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we started dating. I'm like, I don't know if this is the right relationship for me. I guess I'll stick with it and see, you know? Yeah. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't like clearly not a fit, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't this like crazy automatic, like, yes, this is the person. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, let's let this marinate. And yeah. How did you uh, go from friends to dating? I was hanging out with her. Like we were both trying to, be wing women for each other though I was mm. terrible at it because I was like ter- terrified of <laughs> lesbians and we'd go I was going out to gay bars like three times a week trying to meet women wow wouldn't do online dating and was just failing miserably so my ex and I were like spending all this time together going out and really mm-hmm. there was like Nothing really between us. It wasn't like we were flirting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like we were just two friends trying to get laid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like trying to get laid. It wasn't like that. I mean, I was definitely looking for a wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make it sound cooler than I am. I, was just, I wasn't trying to get laid. I was wife hunting. I was wife hunting. <laughs> Much less creepy. <laughs> Had all my papers in order. <laughs> Ready to go. Sign on the dotted line, babe. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I, she started casually seeing someone else. And then I was like, oh, no. What if she got into a relationship? And then we didn't get to hang out this much. Because at that point, we were hanging out a lot. And then mm-hmm. I felt like that would be a huge bummer. And then I was like, does this mean that I like her? Well, I'm oh. not sure. Maybe we should go on a date. So I'm like, you know. And after like a lot of thinking of it, I didn't like having it weigh on me for so long. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to ask her on a you date. You asked her out. Yeah. Okay. And see see how it goes. Hmm. So and we all know how that ended. <laughs> <laughs> a, long, a long journey to get there. But um, <laughs> hey, no regrets. Well, any last words on commitment before we get to our listener question? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> I just didn't expect to talk about all these things. <laughs> I think uh, my last word on commitment, commitment, it looks different for everyone. 
Yes. And, and don't commit to something if you don't want to. And if you do commit to something you don't want to, you can always turn back. There's that's a good, that's good <laughs> advice too. I like both of those. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess one last thing, like with my last marriage, I felt like, well, I made this commitment marriage. That's like important thing. And I take my commitments in life very seriously. So even though my needs weren't being met in the relationship, uh, I was like, well, that's what I signed up for, Mm -hmm. you know, and things aren't always going to be great. And you just have to stick through it because you made a commitment. And I think that there's some validity to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think right now we're in this space where we're like self-care and like, don't do anything that doesn't feel good. But then it's like a lot of life doesn't feel good. And sometimes (laughs) you have to just like stick through it. So it's like finding that, that balance, you know, uh, and do like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's no real wisdom in this, is there? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but I probably should should have made the decision to end the marriage. And instead I waited until I think we were both waiting for the other to, mm-hmm. to call it quits. And uh-huh. I held out longer than she did. And, uh, but you know, if a commitment's not right, once you made it, you, you can rebuild. There's life. It's true. There's life after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Our listener question I've been an out lesbian for about a year and a half now, and I have a best friend who I've known since I was seven. We'll call her Kathy. Kathy, good name, uh, was (laughs) with me while I figured out my sexuality in private and while I came out, and she means the absolute world to me. In the last month, she met a woman and realized that she's bisexual. But the woman who she's in the beginning stages of a relationship with is cheating on her significant (gasps) other, making Kathy the other woman. I know in my gut that this is going to end badly because these things always do. And either Kathy or the woman's girlfriend being heartbroken. I want to approach Kathy about it, but she's dealing with a ton of mental health issues right now. And I'm pretty sure is falling in love with this woman. I'm trying my hardest to be a good friend and be happy for her about this relationship that she's so excited about. But I can't shake the fact that someone is being cheated on in this situation or the fact that this woman Kathy's in love with is a cheater. And even if it did end cleanly, that's not who I want Kathy to be with for her well-being. Mm-hmm. Mm. Aww. That's hard. Yeah. Um, poor Kathy. Poor Kathy. But um, also good for Kathy and, you know, yeah, living her life. I feel like it's 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 just it's just going to... And badly, and it's just something that she'll have to live through, but come out stronger after. That's not like advice or anything. No, I mean, I think you just have to let her make the baby gay mistakes and, Mm. you know, fall too hard for the wrong person. (laughs) Yeah. Like necessary heartbreak in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you're, it's very valid for you to be worried and to be cautious, but it sounds like. You kind of know that you need to to leave it alone because you can't you can't tell a baby gay or a baby bi however you want to label it uh, that <laughs> this isn't the person. most yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't tell anybody that the relationship that they're really into isn't the most important thing especially if if you're younger that's how it's going to feel for them and sometimes you just need to go through that and uh, with the cheating thing I mean you can't. 
Kathy's partner, like that's her problem. Like, yes, my heart goes out to the person being cheated on mm-hmm. always, but you can't get too involved in that. That's like somebody else's. I think, yeah, I think it's tricky with any like, uh, like queer or straight, like seeing your friend in a relationship that you're like, oh, I'm not a fan of this, but yeah. like, it's also hard to like, uh, I feel like it tests your friendship, especially if you like give advice that's not listened to and like, I don't know. I think it would just be important to like be there for your friend. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if, if, if somehow Kathy ends up listening to this, I feel like it's worth reminding someone who's new to any queer community that there are other people. Yes. So just because someone makes you feel loved and validated doesn't mean that they're the only person that's ever going to make you feel that way. That's something I still need to learn. I'm like, this is the only one. Oh my God. Every person I've ever loved, I'm like, that could, that's the only one. That's it for me. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Alex is Kathy. <laughs> Wait, is twist. this why you guys had me on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And you know, maybe maybe try to get Kathy to come hang out in like group situations where she can just be reminded that other people exist. Yeah. That's other always good hot, too. Hot dykes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes when you're in a bad relationship, uh, especially, I mean, I know a very toxic relationship I was in. And it was with a very attractive person. And I just thought, there's no way I'll find anyone else. Like, this this is it. This mm-hmm. person is attractive and they're very smart. And mm-hmm. the there's no other lesbian that fits that bill. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, what a... I, I had no idea, you know? So I stayed into it. But like, the second that I did meet somebody who was also like cute smart and interesting I was like oh wait oh I don't I don't have to be suffering (laughs) the whole time or be like the other woman or whatever like the situation is yeah Um, I think moving on from a first can also be really scary totally like um my my first boyfriend was my first boyfriend and my first kiss and just like the it that felt enormous Mm -hmm. um so even though I like I should have gotten out of that way earlier it was a I was afraid to like mo- let a first go and it's always okay to let a first go because the first is just the first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's and there's more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But and yeah, I probably wouldn't say anything to the I also feel like um like having had a friend who like uh is not in the exact same situation but like was some something involving cheating and like I know that she felt an enormous amount of shame on her, uh, like towards herself and like self judgment. So, oh. like, I think just like being Kathy's friend, like, I don't know, don't make her feel judged or shamed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely wouldn't judge Kathy for being the other woman. Like, it seems right. like a shitty thing, but I've also been friends with people who are the other woman, and like, mm-hmm. the last thing you need to do as a friend is make them feel bad about it because yeah. that's. Not your your role as friend. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for sending in your question. If you have any questions for us or want advice or uh, any type of question, why not? 
email it to dykingout at gmail.com. Kate, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Where can people yeah. find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, at the Kate Sisk on Twitter and Instagram. I didn't put the V in there to be obnoxious. I put it in there because there's also uh, a person named Kate Sisk who is on the TV show Married at First Sight. Yes. I did uh, see that. <laughs> and I meant to bring that up because I was like, how ironic. <laughs> yeah, she's married. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> I think she's actually getting a divorce since for the best. Okay. Uh, anyway. It always is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the Kate Sisk on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah. I post cool. all my shows in my Instagram stories. So if you want to come come see me, check that out. And yeah. you can message me. I'll get you tickets or comps or whatever. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. And we'll get you on a Diking Out at Stonewall show too. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back there in 2020. And Alex, where can people find you if they're not following you already? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Snog. It's like Alex Song, my name, but with a typo. And uh, I don't know. I do shows sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Awesome. And then you can follow me at TGI Carolyn and follow the podcast at Diking Out. You can also get extra content if you would like on Patreon at patreon.com slash Diking Out. Or you can go onto Himalaya. The Himalaya app is free. We're on there and we provide extra content and interaction and stuff like that there as well if you become a member of the podcast on Himalaya and come see us at Dyke the Halls December 16th thanks for diking out this week and we'll talk to you next week bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.